If you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter number 14. Very familiar scripture. We've all read it. We've all come across it at some point. This, this is one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. Starting in verse 1, the Bible says, this is Christ speaking, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord, as humble as I know how. So thankful, Father, for another opportunity you've given me to come preach. Father, I pray that you'll, you'll set me out of the way, Lord, and that you'll use me tonight. Father, that you'll enter into me, Lord, and that you'll use me for your honor and your glory. Lord, I pray that your word will go out and touch hearts, Lord. I pray that you'll be at the service tonight, Lord. Everything that takes place, everything that's done, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all don't mind, I'm going to get comfortable. Now, the Bible teaches us that God has a purpose for us. Would you, would you all agree with that? Let me find my... It's on the floor. My goodness. Christ is speaking here, and He says in that first verse, Let not your heart be troubled. Now, let's, let's step back just a little bit. In the previous chapter, they were at the Last Supper. And Christ had just told him that He was going to die. And He had dismissed Judas. The disciples were about to lose their dearest friend, Christ. I'm sure they were sad. There may have even been tears in that, in that room. I don't know. I wasn't there. But as you, as you go to that next chapter, what is Christ doing? He's comforting. He's being comforting to His disciples. He tells them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, <clears throat> believe also in Me. That's such a true statement. Because who is Christ? Christ is God in the flesh. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So he's already foretold his death to his disciples. Now he's told them, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Isn't that wonderful tonight, church? He's not just, he's not just leaving us for good. It says he's going to prepare a place for us. And guess what? He's going to come again. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that right there just enough to get you going enough to want to praise Him all year long? The rest of your life, He's coming back to receive us unto Himself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now Thomas steps in. Poor Thomas, bless his heart. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know whether thou goest. We know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. 
Christ said, I am the way. Not a way of many ways. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Aren't you thankful tonight, church, that we have an advocate with the Father? We have somebody that took our place, that stands in our place before God and says, that one is one of mine. We have an advocate, someone to speak on our behalf. His name is Jesus Christ. But as, as I read this scripture and I think about that first verse, let not your hearts be troubled. How many in this room has troubles? Everybody. If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. We've all got problems. We've all got things we battle. What did Christ say to his disciples here? Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Because God sent Christ to us. Christ's sole purpose on this earth was what? To die for us. That God might be glorified through him. That was God's purpose for His Son, Christ. We could take that one verse. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's enough to preach until rapture. We have nothing in this world to worry about. We have absolutely nothing to concern ourselves about because Christ said right here, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I love that tonight. I have nothing to worry about. The Bible said, Christ said, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because I careth for you. That's good, isn't it? That's enough to praise him for tonight. We have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to concern ourselves with because Christ is on our side. Christ is fighting the battle for us. Christ is looking out for his children. Would you agree with that tonight? We all have problems. We all have trials. My trials may not be big to you, but they're big to me. But they're small to my God. Your trials may be big to you and small to me, but they're small to my God. Regardless of what they are, financial, sickness, home problems, uh, problems with family members not being right with God, it doesn't matter. God can handle it all. The Bible says He measured out the universe in the span of His hand. You're tiny in that massive hand of God, as your problems are. Verse number 7. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, and that the Father in me? The words that I, sp- the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. <coughs> he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me, For the very work's sake, for the very work's sake, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And the greater works than these shall 
he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. And the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. That's a lot right there. As I think about that, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's a promise from God. The Bible says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some would count slackness. God's not slack in his promises. If he says he'll do it, he'll do it. I believe that tonight, church. I believe it with all of my heart. You know, it's, and so often I was, I was thinking about this today. Thanksgiving's Thursday. It's close. We're all getting hungry. I don't eat all year just to eat Thanksgiving. That's not true. And, and you see on TV and the movies, see it at Christmas dinner, Easter dinner. Let's bow our heads and say grace. That's the one time a year those people pray. God doesn't hear that. That's harsh, but it's true. You know what it takes for God to hear your prayers? For Christ to be in your heart. The moment that you get saved, as it was saying here, that, Christ, that God sent a comforter. It was, that, it was that comforter that draws you to the, to the altar of God to be saved. It was that comforter that came to you and showed you your need of salvation. Regardless of, of how much of this Bible that you know, regardless of how educated you are, without Christ it doesn't mean nothing. Charlie, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Charlie, you're a very smart man in the Bible. I, I, well, I, I go to Charlie for a lot of things when it comes to the Bible because he knows it. He understands it. He gets it. Charlie, that Bible doesn't do you no good without Christ in your heart. You can know that book forward, backward, left, right, inside and out. Understand where everything falls into place and understand everything and understand it all. But without Christ applied to it, it doesn't mean nothing. The Bible says that Christ is the way. What does that mean? He is the way to get to heaven. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It's not hard. Christ is the way to get to heaven. Believing upon Him with your heart, asking Him to forgive you of your sins, and asking Him to come into your heart. That is salvation. That is the, the way. The only way. It doesn't matter if you are a Catholic, a Jesuit, a Methodist, an Evangelical. It does not matter. The only way to get to heaven is through Christ. <coughs> Let's go further in that verse. I am the truth, I am the way, the truth. What is the truth? This is the truth. John chapter number 1, the Bible says in the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? God. And the Word was with God. This is the truth. Did you know there's only one way to worship God? Well, two ways. In spirit and in truth. You can get up and you can run circles around this auditorium and shout till the roof falls off. But if God is not in it, it does not matter. 
You can try your best to open this book and read it and understand it, but if the Spirit of God is not upon you to understand it, you will not get anything out of it. Spirit and in truth. This book is the truth. I like the last part. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's good, isn't it? If you're safe tonight, you can walk. You, you can swing over hell on a rotten corn, corn cob stalk. And guess what? Those flames will never touch you. You can walk across heaven on a plastic surfboard. It does not matter because those flames cannot touch you if you are a child of God. Regardless of how bad things may seem, regardless of how bad things may become, that first verse says it all. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. It's safe to say that we all believe in God in here, is it not? I think it's safe to say that. It's safe to say that we all believe in Christ, do we not? But do do we put all our faith in Him? Do we trust Him with every aspect of our life? Or do we, do we walk up to the altar with our little bucket of problems and begin to divvy them out as to what God can handle and what you think you can handle? Take that whole bucket and just dump it all over the altar. Because I'm here to tell you, you cannot handle anything by yourself. You cannot handle it on your own. Only God can handle it. Don't try. Don't attempt it. Don't think that you can because you cannot. And I am just as guilty as anybody else trying to handle problems on my own. That's what God said to do. Cast all your cares upon me. All of your cares upon me. At this time, his disciples were probably so concerned, they were getting ready to lose their master, their, their mentor, the man that taught them everything that they know. They are getting ready to lose one of their best friends to death, and they were worried. But then Christ came along, and he said the most comforting things. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that good tonight? But he didn't just go to prepare a place for us. He's going to come again. (coughs) That right there. That right there is, is, is our way out. That right there is, is, is our hope. Our, our eternal hope is in that. I will come again. Aren't you thankful for that tonight, church? Aren't you thankful that you don't have to see the flames of hell? That God brought you from where you were to where you are? And everything in between, God was walking with you step by step, inch by inch. And everything led up to this day. Brother Mike was talking about how his mother and how he was born, and she was 14 years old, and then that led to Leah, and then Leah led to Lawrence. God has a purpose in that. You can look at it in the Bible with King David. You know where King David started? With Ruth and Boaz. God had a purpose for that. I was think, I taught that this morning in Sunday school. The, God gave out handfuls of purpose that day. If Ruth hadn't been obedient to God, we wouldn't have had King David. And then as you go on a little further in Scripture, when Christ returns, where is he going to sit? On David's throne. There's a purpose behind everything. There's a reason we go through what we go through. I would not have met my wife had it not been for the McMillans. There was a reason I went to their house that Sunday afternoon. I met my wife. The will of God for my life. 
And now I have a son on the way. Purpose. Everything has a reason behind it. Whether it be sickness or death or trials or happiness, whatever it may be, there's a purpose behind it. And God's hand is upon it tonight. And and it says here, after Christ left, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That's verse 16. Said he wouldn't leave us comfortless, church. From the day that he went back up to glory to the day that he comes back, that Holy Spirit's going to dwell with us forever. You know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is? To give us comfort. Isn't it so good when you're sitting at home or wherever you may be and you're so worried about everything and you're a child of God and you're beginning to feel all, all, all the problems and the pressure of the world bearing down upon you. And sometimes that Holy Spirit will just come by. Whew. feels so good, doesn't it? It feels so good when, when God begins to send His Holy Spirit to you to comfort you in your time of need. And, you, and, you, and it says right here, the Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. And you know what's so funny about the Holy Spirit? It's just as much Christ as Christ is Christ and as God is Christ and so on and so forth. The Holy Spirit is God coming to you and speaking to you. So whenever you feel the Holy Spirit, that's God. That's 100% God. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Sometimes I think about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Trinity of God, how they're all God 100% with the three separate things. That's amazing to me, Brother Charlie. It's amazing to me that God had enough love for me that He sent His Son to die for me, that when His Son went up, that He sent me someone else to comfort me. That's how much God loves us tonight, church. That's how much God cares for us. He sent us a comforter, the Holy Spirit of God. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's good, isn't it? Christ said that. Those words are in red. That means Jesus said it. I will not leave you comfortless. It's good to be comfortable, ain't it? You got up this morning, it was 28 degrees outside, and that bed was, whew, that bed was nice and toasty and warm. You didn't want to get up, did you? You were comfortable. And then you decided, well, I got to go. So you got up and you came, and then you felt something more comfortable here. Don't you love it when the Spirit of God just comes by and dwells with us for a little bit? Don't you love it when the Spirit of God begins to move from place to place and breast to breast and everybody begins to get a little bit excited in the Lord tonight? Whew! That's good, ain't it? Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. 
There's so much in this one chapter of the book of God. Christ is trying his best to comfort his disciples. Christ is trying his best to help them to understand that though I am going away, I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. And I am going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to dwell in you, and you and me, and us together, we're going to dwell in the Father, the creator of the universe. That's a lot, isn't it? As that, that means we are going to be with him in the Father. That's a lot. That's a big God, isn't it? That's a big and almighty God. That is a God that can handle anything from the smallest cold to the biggest thing you could possibly imagine. That is a God that truly cares about his people. But let me ask you a question tonight. (coughs) All of the things in, in, in this particular chapter of the Bible, do you believe them tonight? Do you believe them 100%? That if God were to ask you at this moment to go sell your truck, sell everything you own, and begin walking down the street and preaching the gospel, could you do that tonight? That'd be tough, wouldn't it? He might. I don't know what God's plan is for your life. But I'm here to tell you that regardless of what God sends you to do, regardless of what God tells you to do, He will grant you the ability and the unction to do it. I was scared to death when God called me to preach. Scared me like you would not believe. I ran from it for a year and a half. And for that year and a half, I was the most miserable Christian you could possibly imagine. Because God had something for me, and I didn't want to do it. It scared me. It's scary to stand behind this pulpit and preach. It's scary. It's scary to get up and teach. But God has a purpose in that. God has a purpose for me being behind a pulpit and preaching, regardless of what it may be. God has a purpose for my wife playing the piano. God has a purpose for every single person in here. And I'm here to tell you now, tap into that purpose. Tap into what God has for you tonight. You will not go wrong. You will not be disappointed. Do you love the Lord tonight, church? Because He loves you way more than we could ever attempt to love Him. He loved us so much, He died for us. He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die on a rugged cross for our sins. If you could count your sins right now, could you do it? Every single one of them he died for. Past, present, and future. Every single one of them. I'm so thankful that I have that advocate with the Father. I'm so thankful that regardless of of, of how bad that I may become, or regardless of how bad things may get, I still have a refuge. I still have a place that I can run to. I still have someone that I can call upon. When my wife is not available, when my pastor is not available, when none of you are available, my God is always available. My God does not have a hold button on his phone. My God does not have call waiting on his phone. God is always available to us. 24-7-365. Tap into that potential. Tap into what God has for you to see.